0: Welcome back to This Is Cinema, episode 7, it's your host, Kevin27, back with another fire episode, and today we are breaking down a couple movies and a TV show on this fine day, and I guarantee you it's going to be fire, so make sure you like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, at Kevin27World, and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, make sure you give a follow. At Kevin 27 world and also if you want to listen to this episode without any ads go over to the official this is cinema page on Spotify Apple podcast and give that a follow And you can listen to this episode without any ads without further ado let's go ahead and get into the first segment first we have underdogs starring Snoop Dogg and Mike Epps. And let's just go ahead and start the 10 minute timer right now. So, Underdogs is a movie about a washed up athlete, and everybody gets washed up, so I'm not being disrespectful. It's about a washed up wide receiver named Two Jays, and that was his uh, celebration. And he was an arrogant asshole pretty much on some real life wide receiver diva. You know how they call wide receivers divas? Like he was the epitome of this and this guy was the typical make it out the hood, never come back to the hood and he has to get humbled. and. So, nothing about this story was very groundbreaking. The thing about it was, it was just funny as hell. Like, my man's, he he talking smack with Tony Gonzalez. And let me remind you, his career is damn near like Randy Moss. Like, he just did so much a-hole things. It was kind of like, now Randy Moss is good now. He kind of rejuvenated himself going back, signing with with the 49ers and going to the Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. blah. But still, you know, in the league, they said he quit on the Raiders. He quit on the Vikings. Like, you know, it was was that type of thing. So I kind of feel like uh, his character was comparable to Jerry Rice. Or not Jerry Rice. Excuse me. Jerry Rice the GOAT. The GOAT, Randy Moss. And you kind of tell that now the funny thing about this is yeah and my boy Snoop been had dreadlocks I feel like since about 2013 maybe 2014 so I'm not saying that but he damn sure looked like two chains in this movie for sure now uh, one thing another thing I would love to say is Mike FC was good uh, knowing Cali people, and he from Indiana. Yo, Mike F. he need to work on an L.A. accent. I didn't buy it at all, okay? That's a part of acting. And I I will say this. So, the kids... So, the funny thing and the shock value about this movie is supposed to be the kids' swearing. okay? And I felt like it was a movie that just came out a couple years ago where it was supposed to be a bunch of kids doing adult things as far as like swearing. And, um, it didn't go over so well. This movie was it hit it on the head. You know, you got Snoop Dogg character I heard talking to kids like they're adults. Like he cussing. He saying, oh, y'all don't fuck with me. Like he going all in. And, um, I get because so if you look on the Rotten Tomatoes, it's kind of crazy. The Rotten Tomato score is very low. It's 40% on the tomato meter and the audience score is 55%. So rotten all the way. I can see why it's rotten because uh, nothing about the movie was surprising. He gets sent to his hometown by a judge that he used to funk with. He gets sent to his hometown and he got to clean up dog shit, right? Community service because he had reckless endangerment with driving and all of this stuff. They give him 300 hours of community service or something like that. Right then and there, you could already tell, okay, this is going to be some type of, this is going to be the way he ends up coaching. I've seen this with, a Martin Lawrence film. You know what I mean? When he was a basketball player and they wanted to humble him. So he had to coach a sorry basketball team in middle school. And uh, it was, it's kind of like the, it's kind of the same premise. Like, so in this movie, he goes and he coaches this basketball team. They sorry, but he's so great. He turns them around. And at the end, when they have a chance to go to the championship or the championship game, he gets offered another head coaching position, and he has to go and do that instead of going to the basketball game. It's exactly the same premise in this film. Snoop Dogg's character, he he does the kids very well because he had a podcast, and he had like 200 subscribers. Yo! Shout out to the to the uh, guys out there trying to get their subscribers up like me. I'm I'm at like 470. You know it's a struggle out there. You know what I mean? Light up that exotic pork that expensive so we can get offensive. Uh, that's what was going on here, and he gets it done and he turns the season around. He gets the kids new uniforms. They looking fresh. Obviously, Lakers inspired. Shout out to the Mambas out there. And everything going good. He gets a position to work at Fox Sports. But obviously, Fox Sports, they want him to be in the studio on Fox Sunday countdown. So he has to work on Sunday. Now, my my thing is, unless it's the Super Bowl, why wouldn't and why wouldn't he just be able to work the next week you know what i mean so that was just too predictable he went he walked out on them michael strahan said some shit and he blacked out and then he went back coach the team now they did the coach carter thing where they don't win at the end they get very close to winning and then you're supposed to be it's supposed to be this whole, well, we didn't win, but we came close to winning. And, you know, it's basically like the Detroit Lions. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we almost won, so let's just be happy because no one expected us to get this far type of thing. Cool, cool, cool. Obviously, I'm not even going to say it's anywhere based on what Snoop did with his own, you know, Little League or Pee Wee Football League. You know, I doubt Snoop was acting like that. Talking hella shit about poor kids. You know, I doubt Snoop was doing that type of thing. So, yeah, I just, uh, I think it was cool. It was a good movie. Uh, Shout out to Andrew Schultz. So, Andrew Schultz was in this movie. I've been watching Andrew Schultz for damn near 10 years. I've been, actually, yeah, I think I've been watching The Brilliant Idiots since 2014. And yeah, I've been I've been watching Andrew Schultz since then and honestly, his meteoric rise is something to behold. And mind you, he's in his 40s and he's just now really, you know, reaching the peak of his powers, you know what I mean? And he was great in this movie. He kind of did a a poor I would say he – I ain't even going to say poor. He actually did a funnier imitation of what Skip Bayless is. I feel like Jim Rome and Skip Bayless were, like, the real aggressive sports head media personalities out there. But Skip Bayless was just light years ahead of Jim Rome, which is why no one ever mentions Jim Rome in any relevant conversation when we're talking about sports media personalities. I think he did his best impersonation of Skip Bayless and took it to another level. He has some funny jokes, you know, and Andrew Schultz is not one of the, one of those people who's afraid to shy away from saying something controversial. He has some controversial things in here, you know, um, uh, I, I really I, I don't I don't really remember off the top of my head, but I just know Andrew Schultz. Like he made a black woman cry in his stand-up special. Like he is not afraid to push the limit. So yeah, shout out to Andrew Schultz. I really enjoyed what he did here. He was very good in this uh show and this movie, and he actually made it really funny because Snoop Dogg was already funny. Snoop Dogg has been funny in movies since what? The Wash? You know what I mean? Snoop Dogg has been killing it as a comedic actor and um the, the kids the only thing I didn't like about the kids is uh, oh, 10 minutes is up so we're going to wrap this up only thing I didn't like about the kids was seeing the kids drinking because these kids look like they were about 10 years old, maybe 11. So ugh. I just didn't want to see that. You know what I mean? Maybe if if it portrayed them a little bit as teenagers, it'd have been a little cool. But for, for them to be getting white boy wasted and for no one to have any clue what's going on with these kids drinking, a little poor taste to me in the film. I didn't like that was the only part that made me cringe. The cursing and all that stuff. Look, I grew up on Stand By Me. Little white kids. I think it was three or four of them cursing. I grew up on South Park. You know what I mean? I grew up on Bebe's kids. So little kids cursing and being edgy. I just think it's 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 um, maybe an equivalent of seeing um, a man in a dress. Like, you're not supposed to see that. You're not supposed to see these little kids calling each other bitches, hoes, talking about dicks saying titties and then in, in front of the parents on top of that you're not supposed to see that you know what i mean because in real life most most of the time now i have seen instances where little kids will be swearing in front of their parents and you kind of look like at the parents like you let your kids talk like that like wow it was, you know what i mean it's, you know um so you know it wasn't that much of a shock factor to me but uh yeah it was a predictable movie but on the funny side, I laughed out loud about a good 10 times in this film. So for that, I will give Underdog star Snoop Dogg a 7 out of 10. You know what I mean? Uh, the tomato meter, I think they just go off of, well, this is like every movie we've ever seen. And I'm It's. I'm, it's. sorry to break it to you. I hate to break it to you. but. Pretty much every movie that we see from now on will be like every movie we've ever seen unless you're telling a real-life true story. And even some of the real-life true stories, like I'm going to talk about Griselda towards the end of the podcast, even the real-life true stories, they have similar endings because a lot of humans are similar. So even some of the stories will become similar, okay? Okay. So, that was my review on Underdogs. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on this video. And let me know what you thought about it. You think it was a home run? You think it was just um, poor, piss, piss, piss-poor comedy? You know, uh, because though I feel like the lowest-hanging fruit of comedy is profanity. You know what I mean? Like, saying fuck, shit, and then when you put it with kids, like South Park, I mean... It's just the lowest common denominator when you're talking about comedy. It's not really clever. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, I get if you don't like it. But if you just want to watch something brainless, Underdogs is is your movie. And I'm going to keep it real. The movie did kind of make me emotional because for some reason, man, sports and seeing uh, the underdog story, always love it. It always gets me. So check out underdogs on prime video. Y'all light up that exotic. If you got it, pour up that expensive so we can get offensive. Next on the docket, we have American fiction. This film was released in uh, September 8th, 2023 and currently it is 94% on the tomato meter. And 95% audience score so let's go ahead and start the timer so I'm gonna keep it so real I was not supposed to see this movie today I did the dumbest thing I think I've ever done um, so a lot of times I go to the movies and I'm gonna just make this quick because it's about the movie not me a lot of times I go to the movies i'm smoking or whatever and then i i go into the movie um i actually messed up on my fandango because i was supposed to go see napoleon and then i bought the ticket very early the person i was supposed to go with they end up canceling i didn't want to go by myself and i ended up missing out on like 15 dollars with canceling that so usually i try to buy it right before i was supposed to go see argyle and i tried to buy the ticket at twelve twenty eight like an idiot and the movies at 12 so the only movie that was playing that i had any interest of seeing was american fiction at twelve thirty-five. and let me tell you yo the audience score and the tomato media is right on the money it actually should be a hundred percent the only flaw that i can find in the movie is flaws within the characters in the movie Not anything in the movie, you know, particular, you know, so so um, this movie is about a monk who is a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment that profit uh, that profits from black entertainment that relies on tired and offensive tropes. To prove his point, he uses a pen to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain so yeah uh, now I'm not sure if this was a true story Oh, is that okay so it's based on a book a two, 2001 novel called eracial by Percival Everett and yeah so we're gonna have to do a little deep dive in that But yeah, I think the movie was very good. So my mans go back to his hometown. He in LA. He goes back to uh, Boston, I believe. His sister is Tracy Ellis Ross. And they are having a pow-pow with each other. You know how brother and sister do. I'm assuming the sister was the oldest. And um, yo, while him and his sister, and this is spoiler alert, but while him and his sister are out on a lunch date his sister like has a stroke or a heart attack or something and dies you know what i mean so and mind you all this is going on while she's talking about the mother being sick having alzheimer's so already i'm pretty emotional with this movie because i have an older sister even though i'm pretty sure she would outlive me because i'm a wreck and um, but I do have a mom, obviously, like we all do. And, you know, now that I'm in my 30s, for some reason, every time I see people going through stuff with their mom in movies, like it hits me when it didn't hit me as a teenager or even in my 20s, I never even thought about the possibility of of my mom passing away. But now that I'm getting older, she's getting older and she's having, you know, some sisters close to her or cousins close to her passing away. You know, it's something that she talks about and it's something that, you know, is inevitable. And um, it just makes you think. So I, I text my mom, like, I love you, mom, when I'm watching this. But anyways, so in this movie, as well, I, maybe before he goes back to see his family, he goes to this book reading, and this is by an author played by Issa Rae, and the book is called, like, Wee's Living. It's, some, it's like some real stereotypical type of shit. Like, you know, oh, Wee's gonna be good. You know how, like, They say, like, black people don't know how to talk, you know, correctly, pronounce or enunciate properly. You know, it's one of those types of things. And. I mean, while I'm watching it, I'm kind of disgusted. I'm feeling like Monk is feeling, you know what I mean? Uh, Monk Monk is feeling like, yo, what's up with that type of you know, coonery, buffoonery, tap dancing for master type of shit is that. You know what I mean? Um, So uh, not even apparently. So he's going through a dry spell, a writer's block, if you will, because he's an author and he's not able to come up with anything that's selling well for him, right? So I guess one night, he gets fed up and he says, I'm going to try to write one of these Jigaboo pieces. And he writes a book, I forget the original name, but they end up titling it, Fuck. And then he says, I'm going to be anonymous and we're going to see what happens. And all the white people eat this up and it's like the most coonish, buffoonish shit. You blackface Big red lipstick type of shit. And people like the book, you know, uh, and I think it really pissed them off because in the beginning, one of his books, I think it was called Oranges or something. It was found in the uh, black literature section. And he was pissed off in the library because he was and he was pissed off because he was like, this isn't black literature. I'm just a black author." You know, and that really had him perturbed. So, you know, this was like Roman's revenge type shit, and it actually worked to the point where they were offering him seven hundred thousand to um to uh to have the book come out on uh, certain publishing, you know, and then when that comes out and it does so well. Even the girl that he's sneaking on, which this is hilarious, right? So we they at I don't want to say I'm thinking the mom's house maybe or the dad's house or something like that, and the uh, lady from across the street is talking to him. Oh, she drops like some oranges, right? And he helps her, and she all you know she offers him inside, gets some some tea. They talking. And then her ex-boyfriend comes in, which we don't find out till later. But he comes in, and this guy's clearly some type of cuck. Because if I walk into my girl house, even if it's my ex and it's a bald headed dude there, I'm like, yo, what's up? What's happening? Like, yo, you up in my girl house? What y'all doing? You know what I mean? But that's me. I'm toxic. That's probably why I'm single and I'm 32. You know what I mean? He just says oh, who's this guy? And she tells him, and he's like, oh, well, is he staying for dinner? He's a cuck. He's on that P. Diddy shit. He's trying to have a freak off. You know what I'm saying? He's probably trying to see his girl get donkey fucked, you know, by some big black cock. Who knows? You know what I mean? I don't know, but that's kind of the vibe he was giving off of, or that's kind of the vibe he was giving off. You know, so it was a little weird, but whatever. So, She comes back the next day and was like, yo, that's really my ex and I want to go on a date with you. Let's go on a date. So they go on a date. They start dating. Meanwhile, his mom's is really going through it now with the Alzheimer's and he puts her in a place like, you know, uh, old people home. And this is like, the movie really gets sad here. Oh, and he has a gay brother, which was hella random, but very inclusive. And you know, i why I thought it was kind of funny because in the in the movie she the the brother was like, oh my wife caught me in the bed with another man, and I was like, oof, that's a terrible way to get caught, man. You know. I know I'm a scum. I got caught cheating before, but it wasn't like I've never been caught cheating in the bed with like a woman. You know, what I mean, that that's just tough. Let it being a woman, let alone being a man. It's like holy, you know what I mean? Like yo, pops is getting his fucking his uh, his donut smashed in. Like golly, you know what I mean? So um, uh, that that was a little crazy, but oh damn. Uh, but anyways, so we're gonna try to finish this up because that was my ten minutes was up. But anyways, he um. He's kind of going through it now because he's paying for the mom's nursing home, and she's kind of pissed off because, I don't know, man, dementia, Alzheimer's, all of that stuff its just weird. I don't like talking about it, you know what I mean? Because I want to go out like Stan Lee. Stan Lee clearly was in his right mind all the way until he left. Alzheimer's just seemed like the most messed up way to go out you know what i mean um and i don't wish that on anyone except for my worst enemies so uh the only why i brought the lady up because i was wondering how do you guys feel about uh mourning right how do you, how are you supposed to mourn or how are you supposed to deal with people when they are mourning because she's dating this man that She knows he just lost his sister and his mom has Alzheimer's. And, you know, it's kind of like, do you kind of give random outbursts a pass? You know what I mean? Because it was this point when she walked in to the nursing home and she was like, which I thought was a disrespectful thing because I felt like if he was white, I don't think she would have said this because he's black it's like oh let me try to make a joke so she walks into the nursing home and she was like man this place is nice she's like let me find she was like how you got enough money to pay for this she's like let me find out you're not a drug dealer or something on the side or anything and honestly i started laughing because this is the type of response i would have he was like uh you're my he was like you're my girlfriend not my accountant okay like, he, he didn't say anything. He just said, you my girlfriend, you not my accountant. Like, you know, my, like, don't even be asking me shit like that. You know, and she was, like, taking it back. So I kind of felt like for her, that was a red flag. For him, that should have been a red flag. Don't be asking about my money, man. But anyways, uh, it was another part where they was kind of going, you know, he was having a bad time. Mom was getting worse. And he dropped his fork. He gets up and this is in her house, puts it away and he grabs another one. And he finds out the girl that he's dating is reading his book that he wrote as a spoof. You know what I mean? And he kind of gets irritated because for some reason it's pissing him off that people like this book as opposed to, you know, him just being an artist. On as you know the you know as opposed to his antithesis, you know his complete opposite, his polar opposite. You know what I mean? He's saying that this guy is an ex, or he's an ex-con. He's wanted. He's a fugitive. Like he's just playing it up. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, shout out Jeffrey Wright. He really nailed this role. But uh, you know they kind of had a back and forth. He says some slick shit. She was like, you know what? I need you to get up out of here. Matter of fact, leave right now. And they never talked again. And when it came time to the literature awards, his book actually won. And he gets up and he walks up to the podium. He accepts. And everyone is like, yo, what's going on? What's the problem? Like, I'm not getting it. Like, and, you know, He accepts the award. Now, in the real world, he accepts the award and he walks off stage. But in with them trying to make it a TV show, he tries to make the ending romantic or a movie, he tries to make the ending romantic. They said no. So he said, okay, well, let's have it like he just went straight on stereotype. So he said, okay, well, let's have it like, let's do it like this. While I'm accepting the war, the police burst in and they say they're going to arrest me because I'm a fugitive. And I say, no, this is just a promotional stunt. This is a PR stunt. And while he's holding the trophy, the police typically say, he's got a gun. Y'all know, come on, we heard it all the time. He's got a gun. They shoot and kill him. The dude who's making the movie says, this is perfect. And the movie literally ends like that. And honestly, standing ovation. I thought it was a great film. And again, like, it's just movies like this, man, is the type of thing where you like, this was something like, you can always tell a real life story like this. And I think the way they ended it, they didn't end it with a Hollywood ending. They ended it like, This is all BS, but forget it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. And we're going to just roll with it like that, okay? So I like the ending. I thought it was a really good film. I will watch it again. I actually hate that I didn't know anything about this movie until recently. My mom put me on this movie because this movie came out in September. I'm actually surprised it's still in theaters right now actually let's see what it made in the box office uh because i'm actually surprised it's still in theaters the box office is 12 million according to um box office mojo and i don't think it had an international release so i, I don't know i guess that's decent I, i'm not sure uh, re- very good film. I highly recommend it. I will watch it again. Um, If I just uh, honestly, man, I'm gonna give this movie a 10 out of 10. It was a perfect film. It really wasn't anything wrong with this film. Like I said, I could only find flaws in the characters, not in the story itself that was being told. We're moving on from American fiction. Go watch that. Go see it, actually. You guys know this cinema is also about television series. So let's talk about Griselda here. Yo, Griselda starring Sofia Vergara. Matter of fact, let's get the timer on. Griselda starring Sofia Vergara is absolutely amazing, stunning, Uh, jaw-dropping at times and um, even though it's crime it still makes you want to root for the little guy the underdog if you will and obviously a woman in pretty much any field is an underdog right if you talk about a woman in the music industry you know now we got taylor swift who is the biggest entertainer in the world but still, you talking about women in the music industry or uh sports. I love women's sports, man. But you talk about women's sports, you talk about uh women comp comp anything with women is they and so especially if you're talking about the drug game, okay? Uh light up that exotic if you got it, park that expensive so we can get offensive. Um Talking about the drug game, man, Griselda was really good. Um, it was so good, I had to catch myself because I'm rooting for Griselda like she wasn't a fucking psychopath and a maniac. You know what I mean? Um, a cold-blooded murderer who's responsible for killing even children. You know. Um, but the TV show, the way it depicts it, I just like the story. Now, again, this is what I meant. When I said that even real life stories, they end typical because when you think about drug dealing, I've been hearing this since I was a kid. It's only one or two ways out of the drug game, dead or in jail. You know what I mean? And I guess it's three ways because you could be a snitch. You know what I mean? And maybe you'll get some love like that. But even still, even if you a snitch, you're going to go to jail, you know. So uh, I felt like if I'm just being real, it was some really good action in Griselda. And I didn't realize that Griselda like held so much weight out here. Like I hadn't. Maybe I heard of her after watching some Pablo Escobar documentaries or something, but I've never really heard of Griselda Blanco you know so to see this i thought it was really good man i thought the way she was portrayed and i am hearing that sofia Vergara is getting sued um if you watch the movie she could only be sued by one person cuz right i mean i guess she had a husband a black dude at at the end cuz she got pow powed i think she was 69 when she got smoked you know what I mean? That's how you know she was really into some shit. Because who out here smoking an old lady? Like, she was really into the shits. Like, she was calling a lot of hits. And even regardless of the way she ended up going out, why I say it was typical, because she had the whole world in her hands. No one could stop her. The police, they couldn't stop her. She was one head. She was one step ahead of the police, but what stopped her was paranoia, you know, and greed, and um bloodthirst, bloodlust. I will say, you know, and she had all of those. Some people could say, "Oh, she was a woman; she was making irrational decisions." Because you know, it's why they say we don't want a woman president. Because oh, she'd be on her period one day and just hit a nuke off like this i'm not saying it's true i'm just saying i've heard this growing up my entire life so when you look at it from that perspective and you look at the fall of her empire it's like she didn't trust her team and another thing which was typical what krs say don't get high on your own supply i think that was krs um you don't get high on your own supply. She started smoking crack. And mind you, people in the 80s, they didn't understand how detrimental crack was, how bad crack would end up being. Like me growing up, uh, the D.A.R.E. program, I you know, I get it. A lot of people talk shit about it. But, bro, D.A.R.E. was a big thing for me. You know, even though I still end up growing up smoking weed, you know what I mean, but and, you know, doing some other drugs. But still, from there and from personal experiences, having aunties, uncles on crack, it just I never wanted to smoke any kind of hard drugs. And once when I was in eighth grade, they showed us this website called just one dot com or dot org. And it was about how addicting meth was. And they were showing us mugshots of people 90 days from smoking meth. And the way they looked, it scared me. I never wanted to do anything like meth. I never wanted to do anything like crack or heroin. You know, I just, I never wanted to do any of that stuff. You know what I mean? So her fall was literally doing crack getting paranoid and trying to kill her best friend and actually two of her best friends because she was paranoid. Her son came in tripping and she was like, oh, go kill that motherfucker, which was the first person she met when she was trying to put her crew together. She He was the first one that rolled with her, you know, and she tried to end up getting him killed. And they end up killing the little boy. And that was pretty much the end of her empire. You know what I mean? It was uh pretty, pretty sad to see. It was sad to see, but typical, you know, uh, you can't sell drugs and think, it, especially nowadays, back in those days, though, uh, you know what, I'm gonna keep it so hot back in those days. Sometimes now I get a little nostalgic. I don't know why, but for some reason, man, I get a little nostalgic and maybe a little jealous and it could be just a FOMO thing, but sometimes I'm like, damn, and not to do crime. I don't want you guys to think like that, but sometimes I wonder, man, like, man, I just wonder how that was back in the days, you know, when there was no smartphones, social media, a camera on every light post, you know, it was just a different world back then, you know, and I just kind of wonder, like, how that was, you know, you actually had to, you know, you didn't have your devices to just live with, you know, so it just kind of makes me think, make me wonder, Uh, and also, uh, she was just a little too greedy, so it was this point, where she put muscle on everybody. She put, mu- like, she the, the the speeches that she was giving, giving a home to the Cubans, you know, coming over here. You know, we all seen Scarface. We know how the Cubans came into Miami. <sighs> the, the speeches she was giving, because, you know, a lot of that is what sports is about. You know, you give a good speech, it, it, it inspires people. Like My man's Keenan, He was talking to me one time. I was like, bro, you make me want to run through a wall right now. Mm. Bit off more than I could chew or sip, I would say. But yeah, she just... She has so much muscle and power. These people willing to die and go to jail for her. She exploited them a little too much and it ended up coming back to bite her. You know, and again, power, greed, it's the downfall to any person that's not living right in society. Uh, the people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, I mean, they are able to do their greed. Like you talking about Jeff Bezos, right? They got ads on Prime Video now. Even though he's one of the richest dudes in the world, he still got to put an ad. He got that greed, but it's legal greed. You know what I mean? Everyone just has greed. They want more power. They want more, more, more. And that's really what she had. One thing that was nasty to see is all of her dudes that she was with end up dying. I actually felt bad for her second husband who ended up dying. It was uh, just tragic to see because... It was her fault. You know, she was just a bad person. And I get it. Uh, Time is up. I get it. Uh, We want to glorify this because she was a woman. But she was a bad person. You know, she's responsible. Griselda Blanco, she's responsible for over 200 deaths. So she was a bad person, man. That's why she got dealt with like she got dealt with. You know, I believe her. I mean, she actually sent the, she sent people to go kill her son's dad. You know, that's crazy. The the, the youngest son, and think about it like this. The youngest son, might could still, because he's about, I think the youngest son is about 20, 20, he's in his early 20s. The youngest son could have his dad right now. She got him hit up, got him killed, murked off. You know what I mean? Just to say that he kidnapped him. That was messed up, you know what I mean? And uh now he's out here with no mom, no dad, no siblings, just him. Because what they did was the the cartel, uh she 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 turned herself in at the last moment. And instead of getting killed by the cartel, she ended up getting arrested. So what, the, what they did, because her homeboy ended up finessing one of the DA's assistants and, you know, had her playing with herself on the phone. They was having phone sex and they was able to get a sweet. They weren't able to use him as a liable witness. So Blanco was able to get about seven years. On the seventh year, about a couple months, right before she was going to get out, uh, they killed her two sons. Because she had three sons. They killed two of her her two oldest sons. I Probably they couldn't find the youngest one. But, yeah, they killed two of the oldest sons. Or it, No, they killed three of them. Yeah, it was three. Because she had four kids. She had three by her first husband and then one by her second husband. And they ended up killing all three sons. You know what I mean? Um, Right before she got out, it was tough. You know what I mean? Um, So one thing I didn't like is, so I got to do my own research and I'm going to make a, I'm I'm probably going to, well, I'm going to make a YouTube video about this. Um, My coworker told me, my my guy Keenan. he told me that when Griselda got out, she was still trapping with a black dude. You know what I mean? So they didn't touch on any of that. It was a six-episode miniseries. They didn't touch on any of that. So if that's the truth, I'm a little disappointed in that. You know what I mean? I, I think they should have touched on that. But it was a six-episode miniseries. Hopefully, it was good enough because I'm saying, I'm hearing that they are suing. Now, what I do know is... The black guy that she was dating, that she ended up dating, uh, my coworker, my, my guy Keenan, he told me that he was a pen pal. They got out. She got out. They got married and whatever. And they were selling drugs together. He told me, or not that he told me, Um, I actually seen that that guy said that if HBO even mentioned him, he would sue. So it could be uh, the same thing because it's only two people to sue right? It's the son or the husband. So it's only one, it's one of the two, you know, but regardless, yo, Griselda, a must watch. I watched, um, the first five episodes in one night, watch the sixth episode the next night, really good short watch, go watch that. I'll give it an eight out of 10, you know, because only while I give it an eight, certain things, I just kind of felt like she was getting a little bullied and certain certain things it was kind of like, well, is it you or is it just the muscle? You know, but regardless, she still did her thing. So shout out to uh Griselda Blanco and not even shout out to Griselda, but shout out to uh Sophia for portraying Griselda. Really good portrayal. They really uglied her up because y'all know Sophia is a baddie. Even in her 50s, she's a baddie. And they really uglied her up as much as they could, you know. But uh, it was still a very good show. So I give it an 8 out of 10. Must watch. It's on Netflix. Go watch that. So if you like this video and you think I should really do a deep dive into Griselda Blanco, give a like, comment, subscribe on this video. Let me know what you guys think at Kevin27World.